Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. All right, welcome to episode 178. OMG, we are, wow, we are getting almost to 200. This is crazy. <laughs> Anyways, I have a great guest on the show today, and this is a replay. So it is fun. It is awesome. It is really highly listened to, and it is with Dr. Beverly Browning. She is the author of Grant Writing for Dummies and a million, like a few other books, and just like a million courses, and so much fun. She is just a huge guru in the grant writing space. So you, if you're a grant writer, you've probably heard of her. And if you haven't, well, you're going to love her. Believe you me. Anyways, we have a special course that we actually developed together. Uh, it was so much fun. Uh, Dr. Bev and I were chatting. We've been um, colleagues for a while now and in touch. She's been on the podcast many times. And we were trying to figure out how else can we collaborate together so one of the things that we both came up with was we said, you know, we have a lot of people coming to add, asking us how to start a nonprofit that isn't a service neither of us really wants to spend time doing all the time, right? We both do more grant writing or developing um, resources for people. So we said, well, since we do like to develop resources for people um, and that's a resource or that's a service we've both done before in the past, but it's one that we want to create more into a resource rather than a service. So what we did was together we created the Nonprofit Startup Academy. So if you're looking to start up a nonprofit or if you are a grant freelancer, grant writing freelancer, or a nonprofit consultant, and you're looking for more resources so you can do this as a service, so people can actually come to you and pay you to help them get set up as a nonprofit, right? To actually get established as a tax exempt nonprofit, then you will wanna get this course. And we're definitely having fun with it. We're doing a live training. It's gonna be so much fun and you're definitely invited. So jump over today to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 178 to get all the information so you can come to that free training that we will do um, about the Nonprofit Startup Academy and also answer any questions. Um, but today's podcast will also shed some light on that as well and also just give you some introduction to Dr. Bev Browning. All right, guys. So once again, jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 178 to sign up for our Nonprofit Startup Academy live Q&A and sneak peek coming up on July 13th. Enjoy today's episode. I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Holly Rustic with Grant Writing and Funding. And today I have on the show again with me, Dr. Beverly Browning. And she is the author of Grant Writing for Dummies, among many other things. And she's also my partner this month on the podcast. So I'm super excited to have you as a co-host. This is so much fun. Welcome. Welcome back, Dr. Bev. 
Thanks. I'm excited to be here. This is, you're right. I'm having so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> this is fun. I love it. I usually don't have a co-host, so I'm like, oh, this is so much fun. And we're doing the whole series around the Nonprofit Startup Academy. So we're collaborating on a really fun course. It's going to be recorded live for the first time that we ever do it. And then we're going to have it as a DIY recording after that for you to start up a nonprofit organization. So we're really excited to collaborate on that. And, um, you know, just a little bit behind the scenes, it was because a lot we were talking about how can we collaborate, we do a lot of grant writing, we do a lot of work with freelancers, and then we were like, but we also get a lot of people coming to us to start up nonprofits to grow them or maybe to add it as a service if they're a freelancer. And we were like, hmm, maybe that's something we should develop so they can have it as a resource. <laughs> so do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, um, we really want to talk this week. I think we, Holly and I have both taken a look at where are the red flags mm -hmm. and one is in the strategic plan. That's um, right. Often there is none mm -hmm. or we're working on it. Well, when were you founded? Uh, two years ago, but we haven't really done anything with the nonprofit. Um, it's kind of like going on a road trip. Mm -hmm. and not knowing where you're going, leaving the map at home, not having GPS, and just thinking you're going to end up someplace that's safe and have a good time and there'll be some place to stay. Okay, that's only good if you're a nomad camper. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to a nonprofit, the strategic plan is your guide for everything you do. And mm -hmm. when it's missing, it's just, uh, you're aimlessly operating programs and delivering services and you really don't know where your benchmarks are where you're supposed to be if you're within the budget it's just like hey let's do this hey let's do that and pretty soon all those hays suck up all the dollars in your budget and now you're wondering why you can't get a grant to stay alive and pay the bills and keep the lights on it's because you didn't have a plan, or if you had one, it wasn't really a plan. It was more like an idealist. If you don't have one, if you don't have a strategic plan, that's definitely where that would be one of the major ones, right? Like you need to have one, but it's more than just saying, okay, guys, what do we want to do this year? Like for the nonprofit, like, you know, you got to really have a plan and those plans, you know, for me, it's, um, I love plans. My daughter's funny. She's like, you have a plan to make a plan. And I was like, That's right. like I'm all about planning, but it, it's great. And to really do strategic planning, you know, it has to be what's, what's the word strategic, right? So it's not just saying, let's just throw together something, but knowing how to do that is super important. So, you know, one of the things that I love to do, and then of course, yeah, touch on how you like to do this as well, Dr. Bab with nonprofits is to really look at them and to first ask them, like, what is your why, you know, like, why, why are you a part of this? And what impact do you want to see by the end of the year? Like, what is the, you know, the real things that you really want to see this nonprofit do and have people really start dreaming and pull in like what they, why they're a part of this and, you know, what they want to give but also what they want in return. And I think that's such a, it's an important and overlooked question 
And it's not to say that everybody is selfish, but it is nice to know what your colleagues want. And it's funny, I've done this exercise so many times with nonprofits and they've been around for like years and, you know, on the board together and they didn't know what the other person's why was, you know, or what they wanted in return. And it was really empowering um, so they could help giving one each one another that in return, which was really cool. You know, like one person, they, it was a part of um, this conservation nonprofit. And the guy was like, I want to swim with the mantas. <laughs> and I've been on this board for two years and I've never been able to. That's something I kind of want to do, you know, because they serve mantas. And so it was like, oh, well, we should probably do something like that. So it was just interesting to kind of like, you know, we also need to be fed and nurtured as board members, right? And as part of nonprofits. So that's something I really like to do and to really find out you know, what, what you want the nonprofit to achieve, I think is really important. Is there something as first activity that you like to do with strategic planning as well? Yes, the first thing I like to do is say, okay, when are you meeting with the board to start working on the strategic planning process? And the CEO, the new CEO at that will say, I have already written the plan of where I want this organization Ooh. to go. And I just need for the board to approve it. <laughs> She's got a red flag out again. <laughs> the board has to have input. You need, um, I guess you need objective and subjective input because yeah. if somebody sets a goal and they know that you're not going to reach it for lack of funding, lack of leadership, lack of staffing, lack of a facility, mm -hmm. all those things, then a board member needs to speak up and say, wait a minute, maybe that's something we're not going to be able to do for another year or two, yeah. but what can we do in year one and how much funding do we have to do with it? And a part of that strategic plan includes the fundraising plan yep. and, and how you're going to go after the money and raise it and how it's going to come in. Mm -hmm. So I like to see the board work along with the founder, the visionary, the CEO, executive director, because it is a group activity. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the other piece is just because, because I also have a nonprofit um, a foundation and you can't one person cannot create a mission statement that everybody no. follows and marches to. It takes a board. It takes your stakeholders. They're the board. Everybody works on creating the mission and the vision and then developing the plan and assigning people to the tasks and putting a timeline on it. Mm -hmm. So without the strategic plan, I wonder, what are you going to do in year one? Yeah. How are you going to get there? You know, what will you say if a funder finds out that you do have a new nonprofit, a potential funder, and they want to meet with you and ask you about the goals and, and mission and vision, and all of a sudden, you haven't done this, but the board has had five meetings already. So the strategic plan is the very first thing. It's the first, it's, it's really the marching tools, and it also encompasses a part of the business plan because the strategic mm -hmm. plan embeds itself into the business plan. And I know you're saying, but we don't have a business. We're running a nonprofit. Hello. Mm -hmm. You still are going to manage it and organize it like a business. It's not a one person trip or train trip or anything like that. Other mm -hmm. people have to be sitting around the table and have input. 
Absolutely. I love that. I mean, it, it is. And I always say it is a business. It's just a nonprofit business, but it is a business. And to look at it as such, like you still need to make a profit to pay your bills, right? It's just the profit goes back into the nonprofit, right? So it's, it is, or goes back into the business. So it is really important to have your, your hat on like that. And to think about it from a point of we do need to raise money instead of let's nickel and dime everything. So I think that's really important. Let's not pay anybody anything and just ask for volunteers and always ask for discounts and ask, you know, I mean, those things, you know, yeah, I mean, you can have some kind of strategy with that, but it can't be your go-to all the time, right? So you do have to operate it as a business. And I, I love that, you know, the, the planning. So the mission statement and the vision statement. So this is also a fun part of the strategic planning, right? Because without this, like there's no direction. So the mission is always, what are we doing today? And the vision is what are we going to accomplish tomorrow? So it's kind of that future look. And um, to, to be able to go over this even annually, I love doing strategic planning every single year, right? Even just to reevaluate. So are we on target? Are, do we need to adjust this, you know, because your nonprofit can change. It does change, right? It's a part of time. It's an evolution. Um, things, COVID happens, right? Maybe you need to adjust some things to reflect even to the outer elements or outer environment um, that happens and the challenges. So those can all be something that you need to relook at every single year. The other thing is if you have new board members, some people have, you know, staggered boards, they elect new people every year or, you know, so it also depends on the board terms, right? So I love what you said too about not just being, it's not just the board that's doing the strategic planning, right? If you have staff or if you have uh, volunteers, I even say, I think one of the biggest things is nonprofits will throw together their strategic planning. They'll do a little retreat. Maybe it's at the nonprofit, which is also like, mm, might not be the best place to have it, but um, then they won't invite the secretary in because they're the receptionist because you know they need to answer the phones while they're doing this retreat. And I say, that's the person that really needs to be in there because she's your first point of contact. And if you, she or he doesn't know what's going on you know, with the evolution, or you, they can give valuable input as well to that retreat as far as you know, letting people know like, well, this is what people are coming in and saying, or you know, these are the questions I get a lot. So it might not be clear in the branding. So I think also just it, being inclusive, like you said, is super important you know, as far as really building up the strategic planning. And sometimes you don't have staff and it might just be the board, but if you do, it really is important to be inclusive. So yeah, I definitely see that's a red flag. And mm -hmm. I like to see the strategic plan on every board meeting agenda mm -hmm. because there could be modifications based on barriers and challenge challenges that one of your board members encountered and trying to do their action part of it in the action yeah. plan. Um, as well. And also it's, it's not stagnant or static. It yeah. is alive and living. And it's something that you look at. I look at my strategic plan weekly and say, is this realistic? Is this something I'm going to be able to do by the end of 2021? Um, I also, I'm, I'm old school and you can tell that because of my gray hair. Years ago, we used to create five-year strategic plans, 10-year mm -hmm. strategic plans. It's because we didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. uh, and we thought things were going to stay the same for five or 10 years. Now, I advise my clients one year, and that's it. 
and it's yeah. ongoing yeah. and it's every month and you start working on year two in September of year one. So you have it knocked out and you have it voted on and approved and you know what you're going to do. Why so short? Because the economy is volatile. Giving priorities change. Mm -hmm. Events often have to shift. I mean, look what happened this year. Everybody that had these in-person events all planned ended up having to either cancel them or do them virtually. Mm -hmm. And that was an entire pivot to how do we do this? How do we reach an entire state virtually and make it interactive? How do we make it professional? Mm -hmm. So there's just so many questions involved. So yes, your strategic plan is not there like a will where it's tucked away in a drawer and locked up until the organization dies. Um, it's something you need to look at every single, I think every single board meeting. Mm -hmm. And I just want to kind of go back to that. If your board's only meeting a few times a year, success is going to be far out of reach for your yes. new nonprofit. Yeah. In mm -hmm. the beginning, the board needs to meet every single month. Yeah. There should be not one month that they skip or say, oh, we're going to take a break from September to December. Mm -hmm. Too many things happen and they're still financially accountable. Mm -hmm. So really keep all these things in mind. Strategic plan is important, especially if your nonprofit decides to go to the bank and try to get a low interest loan mm -hmm. in order to get a facility or pay rent. The strategic plan is a part of the business plan and the business plan is also the board and the executive director or founder's role or job to create, to write, to research, to do a feasibility study. This is why you actually, honestly, and we're not trying to sell our services, but you do need nonprofit capacity building consultants like Holly, myself, and the others that are out there, because you can't think of all this and do all of this on your own. You need us behind you, coaching, pushing, mentoring, uh, having you fill out information and then giving you back like reports and, and formats and everything else. So keep that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. And just, I love that, you know, that monthly meeting, I think even seasoned boards, um, that's, it's good to have monthly meetings. It's good to stay connected. Um, you know, and that can actually eliminate longer drawn out meetings of their every other month or once a quarter. And once a quarter is, in my opinion, too, it's not, it's not, an, you know, it's just, it, if you miss once, you miss a half a year. Like that's just, it's too much of a risk. So I do like the monthly meetings. Um, and once again, you can cover more in, in a shorter period of time, potentially, right, than having it like fewer meetings, but longer and then drawn out and more to do. So um, I think that's really important. And I also, I love the strategic plan as well, as far as looking for tasks, right? So that's something that I recently did on a board I'm a part of is to say, let's just do, we have a large board, let's do subgroups. And each one has your own task that needs to be done. And we have to report at the next meeting are, you know, what the, what the, what you've done with that task. And this is what, you know, we want to accomplish, <laughs> like you said, in this quarter, right? So even breaking, I love breaking it down by quarters. I love the annual strategic plan and then break it down in quarters. What do you need to accomplish every quarter? And like you said, if you're reporting on that, every board meeting, it's easy to see then how you need to adjust and change and what the issues are. So if you're only looking at that once a year, just for your task and what, you know, what's been accomplished, then it's, it's not enough, right? You could totally undercut it maybe and not accomplish anything. And you didn't really catch the red flags going along the way because you weren't reporting on them. So I do think, yeah, definitely breaking it down 
into not just like, oh, we're just going to report on what we did. It's like, no, what are we supposed to, what is the overall impact and outcome that we want to see? And then how can you break it down, right, into these mini steps and these mini wins, and then really be able to build those up. So one step at a time. So if your overall goal maybe for the year is to say, we're going to raise you know, $20,000 for the nonprofit, right? Or $100,000, then what are you doing every single quarter? And are you reporting on that every single month? You know, did you apply for a grant that quarter? Did you do your fundraiser, et cetera, right? So you can really be able to see, did we raise X amount in a quarter is easier than to kind of readjust, right? For the rest of the year, the next quarter. Mm -hmm. And some potential funders require that you attach a copy of your strategic plan as an upload when you're applying for funding. And if you don't have that document and it isn't created by a body of stakeholders, they can tell right away when one person has written the plan because it looks too yeah. grandiose. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have it assigned to any real people that exist. <laughs> and it also is missing a lot of the components. So yeah. you definitely want to have a strategic plan within the first three months of forming your nonprofit. That should be the job of the forming board yeah. to put together yeah. that strategic plan for how you're going to get from point A to point B. What do you need to help you along the way? What is the cost of getting to that? And where's the funding going to come from? Right. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. I mean, you, you just looking at everything and then I think it actually makes it um, more simple, right? Because once you spend the time, yes, it's going to take, you know, it could take a little bit of time. You take a day and you work on this with your with your board. Um, and, you know, but then it's going to eliminate so much wasted time of People may be feeling they're a part of the board, but they're not really sure what they're there to do. Um, you know, you're not leveraging um, the people on your board because they're just, they don't know what to do, right? If they don't have a plan, they just show up and they're like, okay, I'm here. And then they are a warm body. And that's not what you want. You want people who are active and who have, um, you know, they have a plan so they don't need to just, you know, it doesn't need to be all run by the chair, right? <laughs> it can be run by everybody on the board equally. So then they feel more yeah. part of it. Mm -hmm. And we can't write your plan. We no. facilitate your plan. Yeah. Our yeah. job is to help you write your plan yeah. by asking mm -hmm. the right questions, by pushing you, by mm -hmm. saying, okay, where do you see yourself in three months? Where do you see yourself in six months? And then we start to help you draft out the template and getting everything filled in. But we can't write it. So don't yeah. think that there's somebody out there that you can just dial up or email or whatever and say, hey, I'll pay you X amount of dollars to write our strategic plan. Number one, they're not the founder or the visionary. Yep. Number two, someone else who has no connection to where you want to take this nonprofit should not be creating a mission or a vision or any goals mm -hmm. or benchmarks or deadlines. So this has to be done internally. It's not something you can just kick to the curb and say, oh, write us a grant, fix our strategic plan, all of the above. We help you bring out your own ideas, expertise, and thoughts along with your board members. And then we help you document that 
And at the same time, especially if we're doing a virtual training, you get a copy of one of our recordings and you know what you said and you know who's going to do what. And that helps you look at it multiple times as you're sitting there with a board or in a committee working on the plan. So be conscious of how you spend your precious few dollars mm -hmm. and learn how to do things right so they don't have to be done over and they actually make sense. Because the whole goal of this nonprofit, if you're not wealthy, is to secure the funding externally as well as from your board and their commitment in order to keep it going, yeah. to build sustainability. So you want everything to be done correctly up front and not over and over and over the wrong way by the wrong people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I love that. Yeah, definitely has to be an internal thing. And, and when you hire a consultant or, you know, when you're looking at this, it's really their job to facilitate, right? To not to develop, but to facilitate. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where you can be, okay, now we were guided through the process of knowing how to do it, but they're the board and, you know, the nonprofit is the one who they know, their, they know their why they have their passion. You know what I mean? They understand where they want to bring this and where the gaps are. And just touching on gaps real quick, um, you know, having a needs and strengths assessment is also a great thing, you guys, if you were looking at strategic planning and really starting a nonprofit is to really, once again, not just think, oh, we're going to just uh, be the only ones out there doing this specific thing. You really need to look around and see who else is out there and see how you can leverage them. Maybe maybe you're both serving, like we'll go back to the manta rays. We're both serving manta rays in our conservation efforts, um, but maybe one is serving a certain species and another was serving you know maybe education about it the other one's serving like we're going to build a sanctuary actually in the ocean for them and doing more policies on fishermen you know sort of things and that you know they're doing more policy and, and developing and services and the other one's doing education for kids about you know the importance of um, conservation work so you could be doing two different things but serving the same kind of population or the same right area. Um, but that's important to know to do the research and to really look and to do your resource mapping and say, who else is out there and what are they doing and how can we partner with them, right? How can we maybe, um, you know, just work together on a project with them or do a fundraiser maybe together or, you know, leverage them in some way, even if it's securing a letter of commitment for a grant from them, you know, but you have to have those relationships and know who's out there. So that's another part of your, your planning that you can incorporate is really looking at who's out there, who are your resources, what are the needs, um, you know, and what are the strengths? What can you really do to provide um, great value to your beneficiaries or who you service, right? So I think that's just really looking at it too. A lot of nonprofits kind of start up, I've seen this sometimes, they say, we know what the need is and they develop a program they implemented and the beneficiaries kind of go, mm, this isn't really what we need. <laughs> so, you know, without asking them, you gotta ask them. <laughs> so it's also important to bring in beneficiaries. And sometimes those are some of your board members, right? That come in and, you know, maybe it's people who already work with Nantas and, you know, they have the experts, you have some professors that work in conservation or whatnot, and you have a variety of people who can speak to what the needs are and actually go out in the community and ask. I've even seen um, and done Facebook polls. 
social media polls, you know, um, focus groups where you can, you know, I mean, back in the day, right, you could like me for coffee and just ask a few questions from people that you're serving, but you could do that on Zoom these days and really, you know, just have some conversations about it. And that's really going to help your nonprofit, especially in the beginning of knowing what types of programs to even develop, right? So I think just definitely doing that kind of work is really important to incorporate in your first year or even before you start a nonprofit. So I agree. And something else came to my mind, Holly. Mm -hmm. It's the old comedy that used to be on TV, Who's on First? Oh, yeah. Without the strategic plan, everybody's on first and nobody makes the bases. <laughs> I love that. It's so true. It's so. <laughs> So you guys, this is really going to guide you. As you can tell, a strategic plan is going to totally guide your nonprofit and just so you know what to do. I mean, it's just important in that you really maximize your impact on what you want to accomplish. So having that plan of action go forward from all the way from your needs and strengths assessment to your mission and vision, developing that and, and evaluating every day, every year, making sure that's really on point and knowing what it is, how many nonprofits I, they have to Google their mission statement, right? <laughs> It's like a page long and they don't know, you know, so it's like knowing it, memorizing it, having everybody understand what it is, who works with your nonprofit to really embrace that. Um, so that's definitely something that needs to be evaluated, but then all the way to your resource mapping, setting goals, and then having the opportunity to schedule in when you're going to review those goals. Like you said, you know, it can be every month um, to report on what the status is of, um, you know, how you've worked up towards that goal. It's super important. And you guys can tell them how much impact this would have for your nonprofit, right? So this isn't necessarily just for starting a nonprofit, but a lot of you out there who might have plateaued and you're just not getting the buy-in from your board, you're just not accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish. And this last year has just really set you back now is the time to do your strategic planning, right? To really relook at everything and to, to feel confident stepping into 2021 and beyond. Yeah. So anything else you'd like to add, on, add to that, Dr. Bev, before we sign off for today? Yeah, the strategic plan should always have a contingency plan. Mm -hmm. if, if challenges prevent us from being able to achieve this goal, what are alternative steps that we can take in order to serve the population with limited funding or with limited resources. Um, boy, if we only had this foresight in 2019 as nonprofit directors and founders and consultants to do the what if and then have a plan for every what if, mm -hmm. because this year's what if kind of hit all of us in the face really quick. And yeah. we either pivoted or we died, literally. Nonprofits yeah. closed doors. Mm -hmm. And we don't want people who are in our webinar to ever have to go through the hurt and emotion and stress of shutting down services in a community or having a building uh, with a sign on it that says foreclosed by the county or by the city or by the town. Mm -hmm. We want you to think ahead and to be more conscious and wise of all the things that you need to do up front that will save you grief and closure at the end. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And we will talk more in depth about that in the Nonprofit Startup Academy as far as doing a SWOT analysis that really will help you cover some of those things, looking at the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. <laughs> so that threat is the COVID for the year. Um, but once you have those, even if it's not exactly like who could see that coming, but you have external threats that are out there that you account for and you have that contingency plan so important so it really does help you re-pivot re real quick and be able to tap into resources that are already kind of built out in your contingency plan i love that Woo! thank you for listening to today's podcast episode i hope you enjoyed it i'm sure you did because dr beverly browning is always amazing once again to sign up for our free training coming up about the nonprofit startup academy jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash one seven. All right, I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.